Oh, yeah. I Can't Drive 55, written by the great Sammy Hagar with the great John Claudner, one of the great A&R men in the history of rock and roll in the video as the judge playing with the hangman. He was also the dude in uh, The Dude Looks Like a Lady dressed up in drag with a big beard. Uh, and I say all this stuff about the number 55 because this is episode number 55 of Inappropriate Earl. And uh, this might be the most controversial uh, episode ever, even more so than the uh, gangbang story at uh, my buddy's house who uh, since committed suicide. So uh, Hot Tub Johnny, uh, fond memories always. And uh, But today is, you know, this might be uh, the thing that gets inappropriate all to the masses, or at least uh, to the open mic community. <laughs> um, we have a joke thief in our midst, and uh, it is this, uh, I am like the, you know, I'm a lot like Joe Rogan in a lot of ways. I'm physically fit, um, and that's about it, I guess. Uh, me and Joe don't have a lot of similarities. He's successful, famous, multiple TV shows, uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I've got two memberships to two gay gyms. So that's, uh, Joe, if you're out there, please, this is nothing but respect, because I'm not getting my ass kicked. We have a, I think he's, this might be the second time you've been on Inappropriate Earl. No, it's first. All right. Well, that shows you how much I pay attention yeah. to who's on the show. 55 episodes, guys. I can't remember them all. I mean, I know I had a few special edition episodes of me, uh bombing at the Camarillo Moose Lodge with the uh, recorder facing the opposite of the crowd. So I was actually killing, but it didn't sound like it. We've got big Irish Jay Hollinsworth. Yes, sir. Co-creator, or the creator of the Hollinsworthless podcast. Yes. And can you also make sure that it's known I'm not the joke thief. I'm the joke stolen the from? Jo what do you call it? The joke... Uh, victim? Yeah, the victim. Uh, and yeah. this is, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, uh, we retweet this. And, and this is being done uh, on hockey uh, NHL trade deadline day. Oh, shit. Boston got... Sorry. I just so, saw that. No, no. I'm going to announce trades periodically in the podcast. But this podcast is airing a week from now. So, uh, you know, pay no mind. Now, we're going to get right to the meat of the bone. By the way, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have just acquired Braden Coburn for a couple picks from the Philly Flyers. Uh, you'll have a week to digest this when you, when you get to this. Google it. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to get to the bone. A big introduction because this is a big topic. It's my, if you read my tweets, Attention LA Comics, you know one thing. Daddy keeps it real because I don't care about burning bridges in this business. Because I got more money than most open micers have friends. <laughs> I got a big house. It's a condo in West Hollywood. Fully paid off. While you guys were bumming gas to put in your car to get to high school or to Sal's Comedy Hall, I was selling out the belly room, brother. I paid my dues. So if you don't like my attitude, open micers, and you bringer show promoters, and you Johnny Come Latelys, suck it. Let's get to the topic at hand. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do the joke? I mean, I know. I, and please don't do the joke expecting yeah. me to laugh. Ugh. I just uh, I think it's important that. Uh, you want me to give you the clip and you can just edit it in here? I or do can't you... do that. Oh, Jesus. I'm not Earl. red. Band. All right. Um, you, you I can just give you the gist of it. I don't want to fucking perform. Tell to me one. when you wrote it. Yeah. Um, 
the so I'm I'm gonna I'm setting you up, and I literally won't say a word for the next five minutes. Uh, when did you come up with the joke? Uh, when you first told it, and when do you think this guy saw it? Sure. Uh, so this joke, I've been doing the joke probably. It's probably been about two years now. I started. Um, I uh, I recorded an album on St. Patty's Day 2013, and then shortly after that, uh, to try and generate new material, I started this thing. I own the domain jokeaweek.com, so I was like, all right, for every every week for the next year, I'm going to post me working out a new joke, whether it's good, bad, or whatever. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think how I originally came up with this joke. Uh, the, the, the idea of the joke is, um, oh, I remember. I went and saw the movie 42. And I was with okay. Uh, by the way, I laughed a uh, hundred times in that movie. The movie Forty Two. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I think it's pretty clear. Okay, gotcha. Because it's a comedy. Uh, not really. It's just a particular word is being used uh, quite often. Jackie. It's close to that. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, in the movie. Uh, I went with my buddy and his wife, and during the movie, I was getting fucking emotional. I was like, Jesus Christ. And, and like, she w- noticed. And so we started talking about that, and I was telling her how, like, I don't know if girls know how sports movies get us as guys. And then, oh, are we taking a picture here? Uh, sorry. Was I not supposed to mention that? Uh, why were we naked, dude? Um, so uh, I was telling her, in the you know, like, I don't know if girls, unless girls played sports, I don't know if they understand how, like, sports movies get us. And, uh... And I had that was originally just about that, and I talk, did a joke where I talked about that. But then it branched off into, well, what's what's movies that makes girls cry? And she was talking about the Notebook, which I saw the Notebook, and my take on it was like girls say it's like the greatest love story ever. And from a guy's point of view, to me, it's just about a girl that's cheating on her fiance. So I made this whole joke that was been there. What? Been there. Uh, yeah. So in the this joke I made up. So then I start looking at all, there, pretty much every movie that girls love. A guy is getting fucked over, like a girl is cheating on a guy. Uh, so that pretty, I mean, like in the joke, which you can go to my website, Big Irish J, if you want to see the joke being done. But that dot com or dot org. Dot com, buddy. Uh, I also own jhollingsworth.com because I'm two time in it. Right, what are you, Jackie, the joke man <laughs> with your plugs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so in this joke, I basically, uh, I I dis- basically explain what the notebook, the premise of it is. And then the girl's like, oh, this, isn't that the greatest love story ever? And I'm like, oh, the movie about the cheating whore? And then, you know, the crowd's like, oh, God. And then I, whatever, I, I, then I list off. I'm like, you know, I won't say that I understand women, but it's, it appears that they seem to be happiest when a guy's either, a girl's either being a little bit slutty or a guy's getting totally fucked over. Because if you look at all the movies that girls love, that's the plot. You have The Notebook. It's about a cheating whore. Twilight, cheating whore. She's bouncing back and forth. Uh Sleepless in Seattle. Chick was living with her fiance. Heard a dude on the radio comes out to Seattle. Uh, Titanic. Girl was engaged to Billy Zane. Uh, and then you get to Pretty Woman, which she's an actual whore in the movie. Like, it's not even a metaphor. She's a real whore. Um, so this is a joke I, I started doing about two years ago, and then I've polished it, worked it out, this and that. So that's the joke. That's the gist of it. Obviously, I'm not performing it, but that's the gist Why of it. Why not? Well, yeah. So um, now, as far as where this is, do you want, well I'll tell you where I think he heard it and then do or do you want me to say how this all came about that I found out about this both okay well uh and let me say this before sure. you continue I don't know this guy I don't uh, either I have no axe to grind this is uh very much done in the vein of Joe Rogan uh in Mencia I just uh, uh we comics work hard at our jokes and yeah 
you know, all that stuff. And uh, when you're at me and Jay's fame level, which yeah. is uh, basically no fame, it, it's there's really not a lot of uh, um, recourse outside of physical violence. And that you can't do that because right. you know, then you get banned from the club and. You know, Jay literally could kill somebody. Uh, so this is really the only form to express uh, what you need to. So, yeah. So I'll I'll tell you where this may have been heard. So the joke, uh, the joke, it won joke of the week on Rooftop Comedy that was on their front page for a week or something like that. Uh, I that was the joke I actually closed on when I auditioned at the Laugh Factory and got passed by Jamie Masada. It was also the joke um, I did. I won March Comedy Madness when I came down here, and that was the joke I, I closed on in March Comedy Madness. So, I mean, it, it and that's, I mean, you know, not that I have any level of fame, but I'm kind of known for that joke, you know, so to speak. So th th he could have seen it in any of those places. I performed it at the Laugh Factory where this guy performed it, and now I'll tell you how this even came about or how I found out about this. Um, this was in January. I was in Seattle, and I'm not going to name the person that, sent me the video uh out of respect for them yeah we'll just say a uh, comic x yeah male or female comic x but i basically i was in seattle i was doing tacoma comedy club I was headlining there uh for a weekend and i i get a message on facebook that comic x says to me hey i need your number asap so i replied on facebook with my phone number and immediately i got a text saying hey this comic is doing your joke verbatim and they sent me the video of him doing my joke and not only was he doing my joke he's doing like my even my voice inflections uh so i i start show, i showed it to the the manager at tacoma comedy club who was like holy shit that's fucking ridiculous um so the person that sent it to me comic x or whatever i told him i was like i'm emailing this guy right now and that comic uh requested i didn't because uh they were under the impression that this guy would figure out who'd sent it so I said, okay, out of respect for you, I won't, send, I won't, you know, I'll figure out what I want to do, and uh, I won't say anything. Did you want to jump in with something? Oh. Well, no, I mean, but this is the problem in, you know, for I'm trying to like educate, uh, yeah, non-comedy people. This is why joke thieving goes on. Is even when you have uh, video proof of it being done, you're afraid to expose this person because you don't want to out who's helping you expose yeah. this person. You don't know who this person knows, you know, if they're friends with comic a and so yeah, like even like we talked about this before me coming on here, like jokingly, but you never know. Like I was like me saying all this, which is stupid because I'm not in the wrong in this. Uh, but me even saying this may, I don't know if this fucks me somehow on something, who knows, but you know what? I take that risk for you, Earl. Well, I need the ratings because, <laughs> uh, I'm starting to, uh, figure out that, uh, people might not want to, an interview with me interviewing the third bass player from Trickster <laughs> in 2015. Yeah. Well, you never know. But I'm doing my... Well, you know, the podcast is chugging along and, uh, you know, I'm trying to get... I mean, this is a fascinating subject and it, it kind of is similar with the Rogan Mencia thing because even though, uh, you know, Rogan might have, you could say, gone about it in a different way... Uh, you know, he was not the bad guy in that. He right. Out of the joke thief. He, but then he got fucked. But that's what I'm saying. Uh, is like, it, 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 he presented uh, his case, and some people might say it could have been presented off stage or differently. And and the the uh, the club and and the same agency that they were repped by took the joke thief side. Right. So, and if I think when people like you and I have a situation, 
it's like, well, if they fucked with Joe Rogan, what yeah. are they going to do to Jay yeah. or Earl or who, yeah. anybody? So continue. Yeah. So and that's another thing, too, is like I still have never talked to this guy. So, I mean, that goes through my head, too, if I'm, you know, if I'm being a, a douche by not addressing it with him. But then, well, I'll tell you what. So the what's happened since then? I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place. So. I got this video uh, and I sent this to a, uh, a person that is in at the Laugh Factory because this occurred. This this comic did my joke at the Laugh Factory, so I in sent Hollywood. It, yes, Hollywood Laugh Factory. So I sent the video to a pretty established, pretty well known comic that's good friends with me, uh, or friends with yeah, that's the right word. Me. <laughs> that's, you. That's that's in at the Laugh Factory. I sent it to him and I was like, Hey, do you know this person? Because he's in at the Laugh Factory. His first response, because he knows my joke, he said, his first response was, holy shit, that's straight thievery. What are you going to do? And I was in Seattle, and I said, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So he responded. He said, well, either talk to Jamie or kick his ass. <laughs> and I'm you like. You can't do either. Right. I, that's why I, I said, well, I go, I don't know Jamie like that to, to, you know, just go, hey, Jamie, can I talk to you? And I'm obviously, I'm not going to go up and just fucking clock some guy. Um, so this this comic said, well. Send me the info and I'll talk to Jamie on your behalf, which was very nice. So I sent him the the video of this guy doing my joke and the links to me doing the joke two years ago, etc. And uh, so from my understanding, uh, Jamie talked to the guy, but the guy's in pretty good there. And like a week after supposedly Jamie talked to him, his name was on the marquee at the Laugh Factory. Well, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. Baby. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's fucking, it's such a, it, it would be one thing if they're like people listening to this uh, or that know comedy, you know, well, there's always parallel thinking or there could be parallel thinking, but this is not, this was like him not only doing my joke, but doing my voice inflection, doing the, the listing of the movies and the order I'm doing it, pointing out that it's just, it's awful. And it's, uh, it's, have you, did you see it? Did I send it to you? You might've. Okay. And I also have the, uh. You, you know, I was heavily involved in the taking down of another joke. Theory. Yes. Have you ever talked about that on this? Uh, I think uh, maybe once or twice. Uh, you know, a comic uh, was stealing, uh, and, and not just stealing, but like a, a dead person's Jay situation. Uh, not just stealing, but doing Mitch Mullaney's uh, voice and inflections right. and, and body movements and. Uh, Let's just say uh, he's not stealing jokes anymore. Yeah. Whatever so, happened with that guy? I literally, uh, the last I've seen from him was that night ah. uh, where we took him down. And uh, I, I guess he threatened uh, Carlos Herrera and uh, Eric Ruber, who were the, uh, it was their show where this happened. Uh, with who oh, I'm going to get you guys banned from the business and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to ban uh, guys in the business who aren't in the business. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Carlos has got some things cooking and Gruber. Carlos, you know, got some pilots and stuff happening. So, uh, and Gruber's one of the funniest dudes ever. So, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what happened to him. You yeah. know, he basically got uh, banished from the business, which is how it should be. So, uh, have you had any direct communique with this guy? No, I have not. Uh, and we won't say his. Uh, well, I guess. I mean, if you want to say his name, you can. I, it's it's no sweat off my back. I know. Well, that's I. That's what I was wondering. Should I or you know? As I mean. Well, here's the thing, and I will tell you before you do say his name. Uh, he'll probably hear this, and he's more than welcome to uh, come on the show to get his side out. Uh, I don't know this guy, but I want to be fair to him. 
Uh, so as long as you know I would have him on this show, yeah. name him. <laughs> uh, so it's his name is Tehran. Uh, like the uh, the city Tehran? I, I believe so. T -E, is it spelled T-E-H-R-A-N? Correct. Uh, oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. like me being named uh, Afghanistan. Or Kentucky. Yeah, well, same difference. <laughs> uh, and again, I've, I haven't talked to the guy in, uh, you know, I, all I know is, so while this was going on from Seattle, I tweeted out, just being a smartass, I go, hey, guys, there's somebody in L.A. right now doing one of my jokes verbatim. I've made it. And just being a, you know, just fucking around. Well, as soon as I tweeted that out, I had about 50 comics hit me up. Who, 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 who? So I just sent them the video and, you know, all these guys knew my joke. And so all of them were replying with like, holy shit, dude. Um, and then I've heard from a few different people that, you know, again, th this guy, he can't. I, I don't know why I'm like trying to worry about him in this situation. But I mean, he, he's not here to defend himself. But I mean, I've heard from multiple people that. He doesn't really give a shit about comedy as much as acting. I've heard that he's a known joke thief. Welcome it's to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is my only knowledge of anything, you know, and uh, and uh, again, it's not a parallel thing. And thing. It's it's verbatim my shit, you know, and, and my voice inflection and all that. Well, I mean, uh, Tehran, if you're out there, uh, I'd love to have you on. Get the numbers up. And then maybe have a three-parter with you guys on this couch together. Oh, great. And we could show both the videos. It's not, yeah, I wish uh, you might have to go on Red Band's podcast to have video uh, footage. Uh, we here at Inappropriate Earl, uh, we are set up for uh, audio only. And uh, for those of you <laughs> complaining about no video, I tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Suck it. You uh, go to Amazon. Uh, I'll give you my password. And uh, you buy the video equipment and cables. You come to my house. You set up the video stuff, and we'll have video. So you know, basically, you want to intern? No, I want someone to pay for this stuff. <laughs> you know, these people and uh, this podcast will complain constantly. One oh, guy yeah. said, "I don't ask tough enough questions." Uh, you know, oh shit! So what is, what's your tough question here? Well, I mean, I I think most people wouldn't be even talking about this. I mean, I have no. Uh, I mean, I'm only at the Laugh Factory when Rob Schneider has me on his show, so it's not like I'm uh, not gonna get a, less spots by. Uh, <laughs> and we're not blaming the Laugh Factory. Yeah. we are. I mean, uh, and uh, let me say this too. I mean, I, again, I don't know because I wasn't there. But from what I understand, um, you know, like I mentioned, the comic that is friends with me, the headliner who emailed. This guy's a big comics. Yes, uh, big. Yeah, and he's he's very in at the Laugh Factory, um, and he's he's been great with me. Uh, very very nice to me and helpful, etc. But uh, w you know what's been relayed to me is that uh, he was talked to. Jamie did talk to him, but I don't know what that what that means in the long run. I mean, you know, probably nothing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, if his name was on the marquee the next week. I don't uh, know if uh, the message got through to either side. <laughs> you know, if he's a draw, uh, which I can't believe he is, because I've I've never really heard of him. Uh, you know, as long as you put butts in seats. Yeah, yeah, know. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, dude. And you were talking about people at our level. Your level right now is my goal. Well, you need new goals, buddy. <laughs> It's like I uh, this comic last night at the store was uh, he's like a younger comic. He came up to me and said, "Earl, you're my comedy idol." I'm like, right, "You better uh, reevaluate, son." Cause, <laughs> he was uh, like, "You and Carrot Top." <laughs> I should be no one's idol. Uh, I mean, I've worked hard, 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, so did ditch diggers. <laughs> but, you know. Ditch what? Ditch diggers. Oh, okay. Diggers. I don't say the N-word in public. <laughs> Although I did laugh about uh, 150 times in Django Unchained. <laughs> Jesus. I'd hate to see him chained, but uh, you know that's a whole different story. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to joke thieving. Okay. I mean, it's uh, you know I don't know what can come of this for you. I mean, now he's probably done the joke so many times, people think it's his joke. Um, in I, L.A. Yeah, from my understanding, I don't know if that was his first time doing it or what, but it was. I mean, it was. Uh, not only was the person that sent me the video immediately knew that's Jay's joke, but I guess also. One of the people that works there at the Laugh Factory who had seen me do it was like, oh, yeah, that is Jay's joke. What's he doing? Um, uh, and, uh, like, I always try and give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, uh, when I lived in Seattle, there was a comic that was doing – he was doing street jokes. He was doing other comics jokes. And Can I ask, uh, are his initials RK? No. Oh, okay. Oh, who's RK? It's a very famous uh, – In Seattle? Uh yeah yeah I think from what I understand he got oh I know who you're talking about I, and who actually I'll be honest with you I'm you know I, I have uh, I I was friends with the guy I I had no idea what he was doing up in Seattle but apparently it was other people's material that's what I heard too uh, <laughs> great really funny guy to do shitty gigs with like he'd get drunk and he yeah. host shows and he he like i don't know he's a pretty funny dude but. yeah i know exactly what you're talking about but no it was a it was a younger comic and he was doing street jokes like like literally he would be on stage doing a joke and i would google the joke and i would show my buddy like just pages of this joke that it's a street joke or he so uh, what my whole point is this i try and give pe people the benefit of the doubt so i don't this well this guy i emailed him on facebook i didn't call him out or i didn't fucking you know wasn't aggressive or anything like that i just i go again trying to give the benefit of the doubt i go hey i don't know if you know or not but this joke you do here this is a street joke here's a link to all the pages of it this joke you do here this is rex navarrete's uh joke here this joke you do here this is joe coy's joke and i had links to every one of these jokes and so you know he came back with oh i didn't know or i got this joke from a friend told me i should do this and I'm like, look, I'm just letting you know, so you can either stop doing it or you will keep doing it. And um, I don't know what's happened with that, but the guy was getting gigs off of jokes that weren't his. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, I had a guy once right before I go on stage uh, say, hey, Earl, I got this great joke for you. It's totally in your style. And it's, uh, you know, there's those bumper stickers that say God is not the answer, but it is if what's dog spelled backwards Okay. So not the greatest. Yeah. Joke, no. No. I got you. Yeah. You know, I do the joke because I actually thought it was pretty funny. As soon as I get off stage, this guy's like, "That's my joke." <laughs> so and it was probably. Wait. Wait. Was it somebody on the show? Yeah. So <laughs> my friend <laughs> gave you. me someone else's joke who was like going on after me, and so Jesus I felt like Christ. an idiot. And uh, was, but so you know. How did you get out of that? I said I told him, "Hey, man, Dixon gave me that joke ten minutes ago. Said it was original." And, uh, you know, we squash it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy whose joke it was, he wasn't uh, really a serious comic. So I, I still felt bad. But yeah, uh, I mean, and I've had that where uh, like, you know, parallel thing or whatever. I had a there was a joke I did. Uh, oh, there was a girl I know. And she showed me a video of her sister that was being messed with by these two gay guys that were friends with her. And she was just going, I can't, I can't. So I tried to, I would, did this joke at an open mic. Luckily, it was the first time I ever did it. Uh, I was at this open mic and I did it. And I asked my buddy Ken Gar, who runs the open mic at the Ice House. I go, hey, did you see the new thing I did? And he goes, yeah. I go, what'd you think? And he goes, it was great, especially when Chris D'Elia did it. 
I go, oh, Chris has that joke he gives. Yeah, it's almost verbatim. So I was like, all right, good enough. And then next time I saw Chris, I was like, hey, I guess I did one of your jokes at an open mic. Didn't even know it. And uh, but I mean, that, you know, as soon as he what let me he know. Say? Oh, no, he was he fuck. Chris was totally cool. He didn't really care. Yeah. I mean, Chris, uh, you know, he's always been nice to me. Yeah. So, uh, he wanted, was one of the first people to uh, congratulate me on something good that happened to me recently so uh, getting passed or getting yeah yeah so uh you yeah. know uh was i up there also as one of the first uh, no i was esther and chris D'Elia, so uh <laughs> you know and then uh, that was about it i guess actually <laughs> welcome to la comedy all you fucking people i uh, fucking congratulated no, I know, you I know. Yeah. yeah about 10 people did the rest are haters <laughs> You know, sorry, Ditch kids. diggers. It's what happens when you do comedy for 15 years and something good finally fucking happens to you. Sorry it didn't happen to you, or you two-year and under jack-offs. <laughs> so I'm fired up today. So, yeah, fucking know, easy there. I don't really care. Put your shirt anymore. back on. Well, I, I can't because it's cold. <laughs> um, what? Uh, by the way, the LA Kings said no trades today. Uh, they uh, picked up Andre Sequeira um, Friday, which is a little... By the time this podcast airs, will be two-week-old news. So, uh, you know, we're doing it right here at the Skate Compound. I would release this podcast today, but we had a great one last night with uh, one of the L.A. rock legends, DJ Will. That I, I got to give it some space to breathe. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, your your uh, listenership is going to take a dump once well, you, you post I mean, this. You can't dump what's already dumped. <laughs> so what happens if you see this dude? At the, let, let's. I mean, are you going to go out of your way to perform at the Lab Factory? Well, uh, I got my first booking. I got passed there, and I got my first booking. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I got my first booking from it just recently for St. Patty's Day, of course, Big Irish J. Um, so I'm looking further to that. I mean, I don't – you know, it's like I've gone through my head all different scenarios. Do I email a guy – uh, you might do want I, to before this airs. <laughs> do I email him? Do I go up there and see if he's still doing the joke? Uh, do I just take people's, you know, the the word for it that he's been spoken to and it's not going to happen again? You know, uh, you know, I don't know. And you know, and then the, the other thing too is it's like in the L.A. comedy scene, I'm a fucking nobody. So in the grand scheme of things, what's the positive that's going to come out of it? Like if I go up there and he's, he says, "Hey, go go fuck yourself." And then I get heated, and then there's some something happens. I don't know what, but it, you know, it just escalates from there. Is that the best route? I, I don't know, dude. I, I've like I said, I've gone through 18 different scenarios in my head on what to do or let it let it go. At this point, it's supposedly dealt with or what? I don't know. Well, I mean, I would say if this happened at the comedy store, uh, physical violence might be the way in. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but the Laugh Factory, the Improv, Ice House, Hermosa, they're, you know, pretty uh, corporate. So I, I don't think uh, physical violence would uh, be the answer, unfortunately. Probably wouldn't be at the comedy store either. But, uh, you know, the comedy store is a little more outlaw. Yeah. And I'm not even saying it would come to that. I, I'm just, I, you know, I don't know how the guy guy might tell me to go fuck myself and that it was just parallel thinking or who knows or he may just be like hey you know what i fucking uh i you know i don't know what the guy would say maybe he says uh, you know i don't know something something happened or i just it just came out sorry it'll never happen again and i'll be like oh fucking now i feel like an asshole i have no idea but it, it was it's not a parallel thinking thing i know that oh yeah i mean listen uh, last monday night at the store i heard one of my jokes done word for word shut the fuck up and it's a, not the greatest joke, but I know this person has seen me do the joke, and it's it's just a 
play on words about an action movie and the cast and uh did you talk to the person you know i just wasn't in me i mean it's it's uh, <laughs> you fucking cock so i'm on here <laughs> i'm protected at the store you fuck why don't you name them i can't oh you piece of shit it. i can't do it but it's it's not uh you know if it was one of my closers or I mean, I could see parallel thinking on this joke, but it's such a specific movie and a uh, specific reference about the joke. What's the joke? Uh, I, I can't say because it'll what give... What the uh, fuck? We here at the uh, skate, we try and... Uh, there's no spend zone here. And, uh, <laughs> Brian Williams was uh, not the person who did the joke. Uh, but, you know, it, it's... It's not the first time at the store. Uh, uh, I don't. They might have changed the podcast to hypocritical, Earl. Well, you know, I'm I'm just trying to keep it real. <laughs> you know, I want people to kind of maybe tweet me, uh, DM me, and I'll uh, DM you the guy's name. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's I'll put it this way: I joke about a specific time frame uh, uh, mainly. I mean, I got a few uh, '90s jokes I'll throw out there for the new kids. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when you hear a joke done about a particular 80s movie and the cast, it's it's I don't know if you could say parallel thinking was involved here. It was Gary Goldman and his Karate Kid movie bit. Oh, well, I do shit. have a Karate Kid joke, uh, <laughs> but I I, uh, I don't think it's the same as Gary's, although I don't know what Gary's is. So, uh -huh. uh, I mean, I also have a joke about the great beach volleyball movie Side Out. With uh, C. Thomas Howell and Peter Horton having uh, some very homoerotic undertones and kind of like Star Wars on the beach. You know, Peter Horton was the Yoda figure and okay. C. Thomas Howell was the young Jedi beach volleyball player. And uh, uh, Terry Kaiser, the guy who was weekend at Bernie's, he was Bernie, was like the... Uh, <laughs> You know, the Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, Apollo Creed's trainer. Uh, Tony Burton was in the movie, too, as huh. the black bartender. And you've never seen a black bartender before in a movie. So they they, they were doing it right, side <laughs> out. So, you know, it, it would be like if this joke I'm referencing last week would be like if someone did a side out joke. Yeah. It's like. Uh, yeah, who else is fucking but Earl does side out jokes? Nobody, which right. is why uh, I, after 15 years of comedy, <laughs> I'm a complete unknown. But, uh, you know, I just didn't have the, uh, you know, if it was like a joke I was planning on doing on TV or something, right. I'd be like, hey, man, you know, it's kind of Holy shit, joke. you're getting on TV? No, I'm not, oh, actually. Okay. Well, you never know. <laughs> I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get on Comics Leashed. I mean, I think the not doing that show is actually more of the credit. <laughs> Hey, Earl, uh, I hear you like hockey. <laughs> I mean, the worst setups are on that show. Uh, uh, dude. But I would love to be on. <laughs> I know, exactly. I saw a buddy of mine. Uh, I went to his filming and uh, or, you know, shooting over, whatever you call it. And uh, I'm just sitting there in the audience. And it literally, it's not even subtle like the the setup. It, it's not even like worked into like the, the middle of a conversation. It's literally, oh, so I hear you like hockey. Go. And then you just go. And then you get done. So I hear you like uh, this uh, karate kid. Go. Yeah. It's, it's just like, holy shit. Is that how they do it? Well, I used to live in a building where Byron Allen's mom uh, lived. And uh, he, uh, I saw him in the lobby once. He's like, yeah, you know, Bob. I said, hey, Mr. Allen, big fan of real people. And like people forget he was on that show. Right. And, uh, uh, he was, we were talking. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm just bummed out. You know, my... 
the show's not doing well in the ratings. I'm like, well, dude, first of all, this is when he had a show on Channel 7 at literally 4 in the morning on <laughs> Sunday nights. Jesus. Like, it was on after the Skippy Low show, uh, which is a legendary public access show <laughs> in L.A. I'm like, well, dude, you, first of all, you know, you, time slot's not the greatest, to be completely honest with you. And uh, second of all, uh, you know, you're interviewing, like, you know the seventh cast member from you know spinoff shows so you know it's not like you're interviewing delia or whitney cummings you, you know and now these comics he has on now he's having like you know bruce bruce's opener <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah i mean you know his story like the story behind him behind comics unleashed or behind just byron allen I mean, all I just knew him from that show, Real People. It's uh, it was actually he talked about it at my buddy's uh, sh- filming of that. It was actually it's a pretty cool story. I guess his his mom worked for the Tonight Show, and he like after they would shoot, uh, Johnny would let him him as a kid sit behind the desk, and he always wanted to have a talk show. That was like his his dream. And so now you know, and he's fucking rich. He all that shit. He owns all that shit. Oh yeah, he, man. He produces make- it himself. All that. People make fun of him like me, and uh, <laughs> you know it's like he—he's almost like the comic version of Kiss. You know, yeah. People kind of make fun of Kiss, and their music sucks, and you know they're just wearing the makeup and the bombs and the stage shit to cover up with how bad of musicians they are. And it's like that may or may not be true, but uh, you know they've been around forty years yeah. making money when you know these bands who overtook them in the 90s for a brief period are you know they're playing uh you know fucking state fairs going on after quiet riot <laughs> right <laughs> it's not even quiet riot anymore it's like the drummer and, and three dudes oh yeah. so who's your way, favorite who's your favorite like 80s band i mean many uh inappropriate earl listeners know my heart bleeds rat and roll red but uh you know they're so uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the word is, disenfranchised with each other, that uh, yeah. th- they're probably, uh, you know, the singer who's uh, been a guest on this podcast. And really? Had name drop the great Stephen Piercy, who, uh, by the way, is the uh, only sponsor of Inappropriate Earl, uh, Stephen Piercy's Mike Knuckles. I was going to ask you, why the fuck don't I have those? Well, you can. I offer them to guests, but most people aren't really... Uh, you know they don't know what the purpose of uh, them is and uh you know there's really no purpose it's just to look <laughs> cool and different looks great and well you know this is the i think it's this is the vinnie vincent model which is pink <laughs> with uh some diamond oh, they're probably not diamonds given what i paid for them which is free uh <laughs> silver uh diamond-esque uh, rhinestones rhinestones at the top so uh you know if you're a stand-up comic if you're a musician out there these are pretty cool if you go on uh at Mike Knuckles on Twitter, uh, there's like 50 different designs. But uh, Are you, do you now go on stage with that? I would love to. I I, I haven't like I, I think my next. <laughs> you should take it up to the comedy store. <laughs> I think my next spot at the comedy store I will debut uh, at Mike Knuckles uh, just for fun. You know, I try and stand out. Uh, I take a cue in marketing uh, from my 80s metal bands, uh, you know, uh, and Kiss. You know. Kiss probably wasn't the greatest uh, musical act in their era or any era, but they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I try and uh, I don't want to kind of be like Carrot Top necessarily, but, uh, you know, I think uh, comics would or audiences would remember me if I went on stage with Mike Knuckles. Oh, yeah. 
or leather pants or you know whatever or pull your dick out like you did at the I've theater done that. i've done that before yeah uh, or show your asshole well yeah but that was on a uh a, uh non-video podcast <laughs> yeah I mean, i'm just trying to be different man you know how it is you're a big guy you oh wear, yeah you wear plat i mean well you're lucky in the sense of your sheer size people yeah. are going to remember six you. eight six eight and 300 i wish god i'm probably like 375 but you're not fat. Though, no, I'm I mean. fat. But I, no, I, I just I, I wear it well. I'm honestly I'm you know, uh, I guess you'd be fat if you were six feet three seventy. No, no, I'm fat. I'm I'm. I don't fat. think so. Well, I appreciate that. That's nice. But I'm. You're a big guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're not anorexic by any stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but uh, my in my case, I'm kind of a generic looking dude. Uh, Oh, Earl, don't say that. But I mean, generic and like, you know, listen, it, the worst. I love your genetics. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of girls in this business <laughs> do too. But uh, if there was a Yelp review for sexual, uh, you know, if they had a Yelp uh, or a Zagat's guide for uh, unknown comics. What was that second one? Zagat. Zagat's. Oh, with a Z. Uh, the restaurant. Uh, oh. Restaurant. Uh, <laughs> review guide in la i guess i don't know if they have them in other cities but uh you know i'm working on a zagat's guide for female uh, <laughs> comics looking to sleep with other male comics uh let's just say i'd have a lot of four-star reviews <laughs> what would you call it if it was male comics looking for other male comics to uh, sleep faggots. with okay there you go <laughs> uh, or you know if if you're looking to go both <laughs> ways uh you know whatever you're into i mean uh you know, and uh, I'm also writing a uh, book, uh, how to uh, be sexually aggressive up at the comedy store and go unnoticed. Um, that's going to be a paperback out uh, probably by the time my first HBO special airs. <laughs> so, in other words, it's probably never going to be released. How many listeners do you get on this? Do well, you know? uh, I still, to this day, 55 episodes in, have not figured out a way to track on iTunes. But I know on SoundCloud, I would say each episode gets about a thousand downloads. Nice. Um, I mean, it's when you put it into perspective of, you know, I think Rogan gets like 40,000 downloads a week or something. <laughs> it's, so that's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I'm happy with what it does. And uh, like the, the 80s guest, I have like the guy from Rat. He's, he's at almost 4,000. Hmm. Uh, and um, uh, Tony Katane's almost at four thousand. Uh, Tony Katane, yeah, oh, she was, was awesome. She was um, amazing. Still looks great. And, uh, Bobby Brown, whose uh, book is in front of you, uh, sh she's at like uh, almost three thousand. So uh, wow, you know, I did. You know, I think I told you this before. I started this to interview my friends and and, and have situations like you know talk about important things in la comedy and i guess joke thieving is comedy in general right uh but you know the the numbers do indicate that you know the you know if you can get somewhat of a celebrity guest on it does help out oh yeah i mean my whole goal is to have people you know i mean there's you know how many podcasts there are out yeah. there and they see Tony Katane's picture and go, oh, what, that's that girl from the White Snake videos. I'm, I'll, I'll listen to this guy's podcast. So David Arquette was, you know, uh, another great guest. And you know, I try and ask the celebrity guests uh, questions they haven't been asked before, which is tough, especially if you're from the '80s or '90s. <laughs> you know, Bobby Brown's been asked, tell us about the Cherry Pie video, or tell us about Tommy Lee and Leonardo uh. DiCaprio, and 
you know, uh, the guy from Rat, Stephen Piercy, uh, you know, you know, he's been asked about, hey, how, how did you form Rat? You know, it's like, so I, I, I dug deep with these guys, and I try and ask guys like you, uh, you, you know, uh, but, but similar type questions. But since I'm trying to expose you to the world, you right. know, I have to ask the same, uh, you know, not generic questions, but uh, you know, it's like, you know, joke thieving is a it's an awful thing. So. Now, how would you, if the, in the same scenario, let's say it's a, let's say it's one of your best jokes or your closer, and somebody sends you a video of somebody doing it uh, at the store? Was or no? If it was a joke I really cared about, and yeah. it was like my closer, or uh, uh, we won't say the store because you're you're pretty in at the store. Yeah, but I so mean, let's it, say, what's that matter, though? I mean, uh, it, it's uh, it was done last week. Uh, yeah. You know, well, but you can you. Well, I'm like a very you, vindictive person, so <laughs> I hold grudges. Uh, I literally haven't talked to people who didn't return my call. Uh, <laughs> but I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, respect guy. Right. You know, uh, I I, uh, I think we've talked about this before. I I might be the most well liked guy in LA comedy. Not my comedy. But uh, I'm, I've tried to model myself after Brody Stevens. Like, Brody can walk into any room and do it. Yeah. You know, he can go into an alt room and, and do well. He can go into the comedy store, which is, uh, you know, uh, almost you could say an alt room into of itself. Because right. it's kind of a, just a different atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And, and he can go in the improv. And, and so I've tried to get along with everyone. And uh but if a similar situation happened, I would call on my A-list comedy friends and take this person down. <laughs> now, is that sincere? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, cause and, it, and when you say take them down, in what sense? Like, what would be your process? It's, let's say it's say you, you got a video. It's at the Improv. I have a joke. Let, let me say that I think everyone knows probably one of my, uh, be, if not my best joke, is about a uh, Sons of Anarchy audition and. Uh, that I had, and uh, long story short, I, I talk about uh, being called in to play white supremacist number nine. Um, I go into the audition room. It's two people in the room. Uh, Kurt Sutter, the creator of the show. Uh, Billy Brown, the only black actor of the show. I said, we got to ask you a couple questions. You know, would you shave your head? Would you get tattoos? And then the last question was, uh, are you comfortable saying the N-word on camera? And I'm like, and get paid? <laughs> because I haven't seen that word for free my whole life. <laughs> if someone did that joke, I would uh, call Russell Peters, Rob Schneider, uh, several people in authority uh, uh, in the world of comedy. And, uh, you know, I would say, hey, man, this ain't right. Uh, I need your help. Because I'm completely powerless. Right, right, yeah, like me. Yeah, I mean, who? Yeah. Like, this guy has two shows, excuse me, two shows, uh, I think, a week at there. Yeah, you so know? it's like, uh, and I, although I'm very well liked in this uh, business and whatnot. I don't uh, even have that going for me. You do, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it would be like if I moved to Seattle, yeah, yeah. people would like me, but it would be like, who, who are you? Right. Uh, you just got to be out here a little while longer and all that stuff, and uh, so I, I like to, uh, you know, I'm a weird guy. It's like uh, when I play hockey, uh, I'm all about mind games when it comes to, uh, you know, stuff like this. Like uh, you would think the typical reaction would be to confront them, punch them, 
cause a scene. I'm all about mental warfare. Mm. And, uh, you know, like when I play hockey and someone slashes me, I don't slash them back right away. What I do is I'll line up right next to them the rest of the game. And is he going to do it now? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll wait three games. <laughs> Maybe I'll wait five games. Maybe I'll wait two years. Maybe I'll wait five years. But I tell you, every person who's ever wronged me has got what's coming to them. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm a very direct person. But I, I in this case, I would, uh, you know, uh, handle it in a... Uh, I, I like to make the pain and, and torture uh, prolonged. Interesting. You know, so... Uh, but, you know, everyone's different. So yeah, yeah. Joe uh, Rogan handled it a completely different way. And it wasn't even his joke. It was his friend's yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which you gotta... I love him for that. Uh, I do, know? too. And he stands up for the, the little people like us. Uh, you know, and, and he probably knew going in the way he was going to handle it what was uh, not going to be uh, going over well with industry types and, and whatnot, and he still did it. So uh, mm. that's why, I, and, you know, I just love his... I try to pattern myself after him from his honesty perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you watch... Uh, I, like, I'm a big UFC guy. and Right, me too. Uh, recently, um, Anderson Silva got popped for, like, two yeah. or three different steroids. And uh, he had a great podcast about, uh, you know, about the subject. And he came out and uh, one of his guests, I think it was Eddie Bravo, said, well, what about Fedor? Do you think he was ever on anything? And, and Joe, uh, he didn't necessarily say uh, he was, but he said, look at the size of him in some of those earlier fights. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, Fedor's like, yeah, in the MMA world, he is like uh, untouchable right. in terms of saying anything bad but joe was like you know look at those pictures yeah so. plus also when he had uh his friend brandon schwab yeah dude, when I mean, he that's like dude that was fucking heavy yeah but i mean uh, you know you got to respect i mean he's he's looking out for his friend i just love honest people yeah. and, uh, and and what uh jay is talking about is uh brandon schwab is uh you know great heavyweight in the uh, ufc but uh he's lost uh couple fights pretty decisively and uh, his last fight he uh you know took a pretty severe beating and uh joe basically told him uh brandon asked for it you should mention that brandon asked his assessment yeah yeah and, and yeah. Uh, you know when you ask joe rogan for an assessment he's going to give you the straight uh and uh, joe basically said you're not uh, good enough to compete against the top guys yeah and uh it's like can you imagine telling a guy whose dream and, and yeah and current dream is to be the ufc champ and and uh that'd you know, be basically joe's telling him you know he's done yeah where most people would have been like oh yeah you know you just gotta work a little harder and, yeah. you know uh you know la comedy comedy in general they're all full of shit <laughs> tell you a great set when they weren't even in the fucking room yeah Hey man, love that new joke, and you didn't even do the joke. <laughs> yeah, I had that happen to me the other night. Hey man, I love that Sons of Anarchy joke. Uh, like uh, I didn't do it tonight. And he was like, "No, there was another guy doing it on stage." Oh, okay, yeah, well, <laughs> it was great. I'll see you on the red carpet at the production <laughs> at the production meeting. So, well, I hope your situation gets uh, righted. I probably won't, to be right. honest with you. But uh, I mean, honestly, if he if he's if he was talked to and he's not doing it any longer, then great. I mean, and as long as none of my other jokes get stolen, then great. But who knows if he's 
doing somebody else's that's their thing to worry about i guess but i i don't know fuck it's just it's a weird thing well it's frustrating because it's uh and the other thing too is like i have to i'm sure you do too because you're you're not as tall as me but you're fucking yoked it's like i'm i have to be conscientious that i'm a fucking huge dude and i can come off intimidating uh you know even if i'm not trying to like even if i want to talk to somebody if i'm being director or something with somebody it can come off as like jesus dude because i'm fucking six eight you know uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're uh, you're like pro wrestler. You're like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. You're like Big John Stud. Uh, fucking fuck yeah, big uh, Big J Stud. Yeah, Big J Stud. And uh, you know, by the way, uh, Monday Night Raw is uh, coming on in uh, 13 minutes. Uh, so, uh, but by the time this airs, uh, it'll be in uh, you know about 140 hours old. So, uh, you know, which reminds me, me and my friend. Uh, we were Rikishi was just nominated into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh wow! He was for it. I was against it. We got into this really heated argument. Then I stopped because I'm like, uh, we're arguing about who should get into a phony Hall of Fame. <laughs> like how there's a Hall of Fame for pro wrestling, yeah. uh, which is probably someone's bet. I mean, uh, you know, this is, you know can give the audience an insight into parallel thinking I, i'm sure i'm not the first person to say what's with the wwe hall of fame i mean yeah. you well, couldn't you say the same about uh what uh, oscars academy awards uh, tons of oscars jokes and uh you know i mean it, it's isis jokes i've heard a ton of similar isis jokes uh you know um you know i'm gonna watch rupaul's drag race tonight i'm sure uh you know, I'm not the only straight comic watches watching that show doing jokes about it. Or masturbate. Well, some of those chicks, man. I mean, where do you go to the comedy store tonight? Uh, the Andaz, uh, the site of the Andaz is, uh, it's an Equinox ad that has a dude, uh, I guess a drag queen, but you wouldn't know this uh, was a drag queen. I mean, it, it's, uh, they have her or him dressed up like a dude, but with, you know like a female face right but i guess if uh, you can't show nipple if you're a girl so it's a dude because uh. it shows nipple he's got like a don johnson uh, jacket on and uh, <laughs> you know i mean welcome to hollywood <laughs> i mean i'm sure i'm not the only comic making jokes about that billboard right. So that's parallel thinking right but in jay's case you know i mean when you're ripping off the the words the uh how you're saying it, the how you're saying it, all that shit. Any act outs, it's just thievery. So, uh, which is like, you know, in the world of uh, stand up comedy, comedy, would you say joke thieving is literally like being labeled a child molester in prison? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't like in the for anybody to do it. I just I, I can't imagine like to consciously go, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to fucking do that joke. Like what? How you get your mind around that to? You, you. I mean, in my opinion, you aren't a comic if that if that can come into your mind and you you act on that, then you're not a comic because a comic knows how much fucking blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, that we put into a joke. To you get a premise and you fucking eat shit with it. You eat shit with it. You eat shit. With it. You change a word here, then you it's getting a little bit better, and you fucking work it out over you know months and months to where you finally sh shine this, polish this thing up to a you know it's a nice diamond, and then somebody just comes along and goes, ah. Thanks for doing all that work. I'm going to go fucking use that now. Well, that's why I try and do jokes about topics uh, nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> so then that way they're even harder to steal. Not that people can 
consider me such a great joke writer they're going to steal my bits but uh you know that's why uh, i do jokes about like baby godzilla and <laughs> Which is still to this day, I think the finest joke I've ever written in my life. But what is it? Never, it? It never gets a laugh. Ever. What is it? Well, I'm a um, huge fan of the movie Son of Godzilla, and uh, if you've ever seen the, it's made me cry. I still literally cry <laughs> at the end of this movie every day. If it aired right now on my TV, I would cry at the end. Really? Essentially, it's uh, Godzilla as a kid. And the whole movie, he's like training the kid to be like him, and the kid can't do it. And there's this great scene where Godzilla's teaching him how to breathe fire. I like, remember this. Yeah. Holy fuck. I remember this. And the little kid, who kind of looks like an open micer, <laughs> you know, big fucking belly, bug eyed, short, you know, uh, he, he like. He's trying, and he only can blow out little smoke rings. Yep. And then Godzilla gets pissed and hits him over the head with his tail, <laughs> and a full-on fire comes out. Godzilla, very abusive father. Uh, <laughs> Joe Jackson style. And uh, so I kind of basically do what I did, and then I'm like, you know, but that's not the weirdest thing to me about Godzilla is uh, how big was Mrs. Godzilla's pussy? <laughs> Because baby Godzilla came out of that thing, and Godzilla went into that thing. And I swear to God, to this day, no one ever laughs at that joke. I mean, well, never. Well, isn't I thought Godzilla was a woman. Oh, well, in that case, the joke's definitely taking a turn. I, yeah. thought, I thought he was a guy. I mean, you never saw his dick, but, I mean, you never saw Chewbacca's dick either. So True. I always thought Godzilla was a woman because of baby Godzilla. I See, I thought he was the father. I thought it. Well, the mother to, left town. Fucking breaking news here on inappropriate Earl. Well, you have to listen, look it up. Tweet uh, at Godzilla and uh, <laughs> of course tag inappropriate Earl so I get the traction. And, and let's. This will be the first ever poll done on inappropriate Earl. Let, let's get inappropriate Earl trending, along with Big Irish J and and. Uh, myself uh i thought godzilla was a guy so uh i th i thought i honestly i grown up i and it's so funny because i know exactly what movie you're talking about i remember the the little baby godzilla going <laughs> and like little fucking yeah the little smoke rings yeah. coming out uh and finally godzilla just says fuck it yeah kid, and hits him over the head and yeah i thought it was i thought godzilla was a boy until that and then i was like oh godzilla that's the mom but then at the end of the movie uh Godzilla's fighting, I think, a couple different monsters, and the kid's trying to help, and one of the monsters throws the kid to the side, and and uh, you know Godzilla ends up winning, and the end. I'm telling you, this is the saddest <laughs> fucking ending to a movie I've ever oh, seen in my life. And goddamn, I wish Red Band was here to like pull up the video. That's the great thing about doing Red Band's yeah. Ice House Chronicles is you talk about something, he's instantly oh, got yeah, on he's screen. Great. Uh, is baby Godzilla and Godzilla are in the sun or no, no in the snow. I'm sorry, sleeping. And it's really starting to come down like a, uh, not a hurricane, but a blizzard storm blizzard. And, uh, they just walk off and you know, it's it just, God damn, it baby. fucking gets you every time. There's two two movies that make me cry whenever I see them. Well, actually three movies and we'll get, you know, we'll get into what movies make you cry other than, uh, my audition reel. <laughs> uh, that scene in uh, Son of Godzilla, um, the end of uh, Brian's song. Oh, God, yeah. Where they uh, show Fuck. Billy D. Williams and James Caan jogging in the uh, the park. And uh, I think it is Jack Warden, if I'm not mistaken, doing the voiceover of, at the end, 
it's just great uh, monologue. You know, Brian died of cancer, but let's not remember him how he died, but truly how he lived. And they should. It's it's just great, <laughs> yeah. like you know, the visual of them running in the park, the voiceover, and then uh, for some reason, I always cry at the end of the Negotiator. Which when uh, it's a great movie that kind of went under the radar where uh, is that Kevin Spacey? Yeah, he okay. plays the uh, negotiator and uh, Samuel Jackson plays this cop who everyone thinks he was stealing. And uh, at the end, uh, he shoots Samuel Jackson to draw out the bad guys and uh, the instrumental like montage they do as this is all going down. is just something about it. So uh. what is there a movie that makes you cry? Uh it's so funny because I do a joke now. I mean, th- this is a joke that leads up to the notebook where I talk about like fucking I'm getting older and I, I think I'm going through menopause because fucking shit makes me tear up now that never did. But like, fuck, I got teary eyed at, at the movie 42. Rudy, Rudy always fucking gets me when he gets that third letter that he can finally get into Notre Dame. Um, mine are ma- mainly fucking sports movies. Uh, I fucking got <laughs> emotional and I do a joke about this too, about a goddamn uh, Guinness commercial, the the wheelchair Guinness commercial. Have you seen that one? Is the it wheelchair. Recent? It's probably about a year old now. The wheelchair basketball one. I I don't recall. It's fucking it. basically. There's no advertisement in this commercial. It starts out and it this camera comes into like an old high school gymnasium, and you see six wheelchair basketball dudes. They're playing hoop. They're bumping into each other. There's no no talking, but there's like this breathy U2 singer, and then. At about the th- the 32nd mark, again, there's no advertisement. 32nd mark, this voice comes on and it just goes, uh, dedication. And you're like, okay, like they're dedicated to their, I don't know what that means. They're dedicated to basketball. Because you don't know what it is. I thought it was a commercial for the Special Olympics or something. Then the voice says, uh, loyalty. And you're like, okay, like they're loyal to their team. Then one of the guys goes, ah, you guys are getting better at this. And one of the other wheelchair basketball player guy goes, guys goes, yeah, same time next week. And then all of them, except for one dude, stands up out of the wheelchair fucking and says, and then the voice comes on and it says, friendship. So these guys are fucking playing wheelchair basketball with their crippled buddy because they fucking love him. And then the very end scene is this guy's bringing six beers over to all of his buddies and the, all of them are there. Except, and the one guy is in the wheelchair still. And the voice goes, the choices we make reveal the true nature of our character, Guinness. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, Guinness. It's so fucking emotional. I was like, geez. Or there's that other Guinness commercial of the the military one with the fucking beer on the table. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Guinness does these goddamn commercials. There's a bar. It's just a... Somebody breaking in? No, I was just making sure we're still recording. Uh, it's just a bar. This lady's cleaning the bar, and there's a table. You know, the bar will be busy, but there's one table. Nobody's sitting at it, and she just puts a Guinness on the table fucking cleans you know and she does that day after day after day and won't people will try and sit there she's like no you can't sit there and then the last scene is her son comes home in full military gear and he sits down and the guinness is waiting for him and it's just like ah oh, fucking goosebumps you know uh, no i hear you man you know uh i can't think of any commercials that make me cry i mean every now well actually that one uh commercial with sarah mclaughlin when they show oh, yeah fucking jacked up dogs yeah you know, they show, like, the Maltese with one eye and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, the pit bull with, the, you know, oh, three yeah. legs missing. And it's like, I always wanted to do a video like that. 
um, where you show like all these action stars from the eighties, <laughs> like stumbling out of auditions, and like you know Jeff Speakman trying to get you holy know, shit the perfect weapon. Yeah, dude. I mean, trying to get like funding for the perfect Jesus, weapon too. And, what a reference! I got yeah. the power. Snap. Yeah, I saw him once at the supermarket. I'm like, hey man, good work. Really? And he just kind of looked at me. <laughs> It's almost about as bad as the time I saw the bad guy from Cobra. (laughs) uh, And this guy, if you ever see Brian Johnson before, which is kind of funny because he's in a New York State lottery commercial now. I'm probably the only one who recognized him. But he's got a very pronounced jawline. I don't know if it's a birth defect or (laughs) like he doesn't have like a like he's a good looking dude. Right. He is this really distinct uh, bone structure. So I knew it was him right away, and I just walked up to him in the fruit section of uh, Ralph's on Olympic, and I'm like, he, he kind of felt me coming, so he, uh, he looked at me, and I just walked right up to him, and I'm nose-to-nose with him, and I'm like, you won't do it, will you, pig? Even the law says I have rights. And then I did Stallone's line, which is... I don't do good impressions, so Stallone might sound just like me here, but I'm like, this is where the law stops, and I start, sucker. And then he threw him into the fucking uh, fire pit, (laughs) and he kind of laughed. I mean, I have weird, I I have the weirdest, I mean, you know, it's L.A. I mean, uh, every time I walk my dog Lois, uh, I walk her to uh, Crescent Heights. Santa Monica and Crescent Heights, which is a very historic intersection in the L.A. music community mm. because uh, there's a nightclub there. used to be uh, there called the Starwood, uh, which was owned by the infamous Eddie Nash, who, uh, if you've ever seen Boogie Nights, yeah. remember the scene where they robbed the guy, the Arab guy at the end? Yeah. That ba- basically was Eddie Nash. Holy and, shit. Uh, Eddie Nash, just to give you an insight into his personality, I know this has nothing to do with... No, this theory, is interesting. It, it's a great story. How this... How they haven't made a documentary about Eddie Nash is mm. unbelievable to me because he gave Van Halen their start at oh, Eddie's shit. Club and and uh, you know Quiet Riot, uh, a huge band. Uh, you know, it's funny people forget how big Quiet Riot was. Yeah, uh, they were ba- at one point they were seen as Van Halen's main competition. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but what about Cheap Trick? Cheap Trick played the Starwood. Really, I fucking uh, love Cheap Trick. Oh, they, they should be much bigger. They're like the uh, you know, there's a lot of guys like this in comedy where you. Uh, like there is a dude in Northern California, uh, legendary uh, Northern California comic called Larry Bubbles Brown. All right. Have you ever heard of no. him? No. Do you know about Bob Marley, comedian Bob Marley? Oh my God! Very similar, uh, oh, not yeah. acts, but very like. Wh- Bubbles Brown is just—he's amazing, right? And but he, you know, he little. And I love him. I don't think he would uh, mind me saying this. Probably a little sour on the business. Right. And uh, that's a guy who could, could have been Kramer times 100. I mean, right. Because he, he was a comic, too, so he had the chops. But, uh, you know, Cheap Trick is like that. Right. And right. Bob Marley is a great, great comic headliner, but like still maybe not known. Yeah, you know what's crazy? He is to New England what gabriel iglesias is to la yeah like you know he's he's not on tv a lot he was in the movie boondock saints as detective greenley but uh he's a fucking amazing he holds the world record you know that for most for longest stand-up he beat dave Chappelle. he did uh i think it was 48 minutes or 48 hours of continuous stand-up but here's what's nuts 
is he did not repeat a joke for 17 hours. That's insane. Yeah. I would repeat it after 17 minutes. (laughs) I would do the Sons of Anarchy joke on loop. (laughs) Uh, I would just keep doing that joke. Uh, I don't know who would want to do comedy that long, to be honest with you. I I know Dane Cook started it. Yeah. I think six hours, and then Dave Chappelle did like seven. Yeah, and and then there's some dude in Europe, I think. There's some European comic. But yeah, I think uh, Bob Marley's the one that holds the record right now. I uh, I have no in- that. I mean, to me, that's uh, just Jack. You know, I I know Bob's I know amazing dude. I know, yeah. I mean, he once when I was kind of first starting out, complimented me at the Laugh Factory of all places. Ah. And uh, you know, he didn't have to you know say anything to me. I uh, think also when he did it, he there was some charity stuff involved with it too. I mean, that's different. Um, I, I think Dane and uh, Dave were like, no, I don't know. Uh, I have no inside knowledge but uh it was like what well, i'm gonna outdo you and it's like who who wants to do i yeah. mean i tap out at about an hour right. uh and, and i totally cut off your story though well. about that guy the guy from cobra no 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 the guy that started the wood star oh uh, eddie nash uh so he was uh incredibly influential in the la scene he he and he's kind of comedy related he owned the building where jimmy kimmel has done oh uh, wow he basically, and this is for all you comics out there who get discouraged. He came out here from Palestine, literally started a hot dog stand, and uh, through drug dealings and whatnot, owned like seven or eight nightclubs, gay clubs, straight clubs, uh, and uh, he was a weird guy. He was involved in the John Holmes murders. Mm. Uh, John Holmes set him up, had his friends steal all his coke and cash. So Eddie Nash found out about this, that John Holmes ratted him out. So he had John Holmes go with his four hoods and get back the drugs and cash and kill everyone in the house. So he's a very badass guy, uh, scumbag. All this is confirmed? Oh, all this is oh, well shit. known. It's uh, If you've ever seen the Val Kilmer movie Wonderland, oh. uh, it, you know Val Kilmer playing John Holmes, and I think Eric Bogosian was Eddie Nash, and... Uh, Interesting. Probably my favorite Eddie Nash story is he was just a deviant, bad, 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 bad person. But he uh, was a big Coke dealer. Probably at the late 70s, early 80s, the number one Coke dealer in on the West Coast. And he knew girls liked Coke. He would never charge them for it. What he would do, he just had a real sick sense of humor. Um, he would take these huge, greasy shits. <laughs> He wouldn't wipe his ass. Oh. And he would have girls over and be like, hey, you want that powder? You got to lick me clean. Uh, oh, God. So that's the kind of guy that yeah. I admire. <laughs> he knew what he wanted from these twats. Oh. And uh, so, uh, you know, look for the Eddie Nash story uh, starring Earl Skakel as <laughs> Eddie Nash. And uh, we'll do a casting. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll just do a table read here one night. So I don't know what the hell that had to do with comedy, no, but it's uh, interesting. Now I want to go look up this guy. Oh, he's uh, he's just I, I guess he's just such a. Uh, Is he still alive? No, he died. Uh, I think of cancer a couple of years ago. But he was just uh, such a. Uh, and what he did when he had colon the, cancer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, at the minimum, the colon cancer. Uh, he had John Holmes put his hand in blood at the murder scene. And put it against the guy's one of the people's uh, bed stands, so his handprint would be at the murder. He really wanted to fuck over John Holmes. What the fuck? And why would John Holmes do it? 
Well, because Eddie Nash was, uh, you think some of these comedy club owners are tough. Eddie Nash yeah. would kill them. Jesus Christ. So, and then that was John. And so you've got the John Holmes thing in there. And, yeah, you know, it's just a, so many characters in the yeah. 70s and 80s. And uh, Yeah, that should be a movie. The Well, I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if it's a marketable movie just on this crazy Israeli uh, or Palestinian club owner, but he was into anything that made money. Like, he had a... Uh, an underage club uh, called the Odyssey, which is really sad. It's on Beverly and La Cienega, and it's now a gas station. But uh, underage kids were there, and uh, or under eighteen, it was like a right, right. that kind of a nightclub. And I guess the city was after him, you know, for uh, the neighbors were complaining about sex and drugs and the lawns, and so he just threw a Molotov cocktail in the building and just torched the place, <laughs> <laughs> like another nightclub. He did the same thing. It's just it, there's no characters like that Jesus. anymore. Yeah, no uh, shit. So, and you know, people think comics. Just comics. You're lucky Eddie Nash wasn't running potluck tonight at the store. <laughs> You'd have to lick his ass or something. <laughs> I'd do it for three minutes, you know. But you know, luckily Adam Egypt, uh, uh, you know, doesn't uh, subscribe to the Eddie Nash way of uh, you know favors. <laughs> and that's not me kissing Adam's ass, by the way. No, I know. So uh, we'll, we'll get you in there, dude. I'm trying. You know, it's it's tough. You got to have know. connections. I mean, yeah, LA yeah, comedy no, is so fucking tough. You got to have connections just to get on potluck. No, I know. My whole thing isn't. I and I, you know, whatever, however long it takes, and paying your dues, I get all that. My thing is, I just want to make sure I'm on the right path. You know what I mean? Like, am I taking the right steps, or am I doing shit that is gonna do nothing for me? You know what I mean? Well, you're well liked. Uh, that's half the battle, but uh, then the other half is schmoozing and ass kissing and what I call being a real palmer, which yeah. is uh, pressing flesh, shaking hands, you know, acting like you give a shit, and uh, you know. By the way, this podcast is great, dude. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, that's a good start, and yeah. uh, you know, thanks I'd, for having me on. <laughs> Well, I'm getting to the point now where people are asking to be on it. That's uh, great, dude. I mean, you know, I'm I'm trying, man. I mean, uh, I can say I got in before the big influx of. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, you know, my my, uh, I certainly the world doesn't need another talk show, but <laughs> it needs more Earl, though. Well, it's it's a grassroots campaign. I mean, uh, I think uh, it's a slow build. Uh, me uh, very slow but uh you know it's uh, i'm i'm learning uh i don't know about you but i've been doing comedy 15 years 15 years brother in la in la which is probably the equivalent of 30 yeah. years anywhere else with the amount of bullshit i gotta go through uh you know but uh you know i i feel uh you know i'm on the right path i just enjoy doing it right I'm not in it for the money or the fame. I mean, why why do you do comedy? Um, you know, like my ideal scenario would be similar to like what Bill Burr has as far as like, you know, touring, doing A rooms. You get some acting gigs here and there where it's not a real stretch for him. Um, why do I do it though? I love the science of comedy. I like making a point. I like uh, I like taking the opposite view on the popular point and trying to even if somebody doesn't necessarily agree with my point of view. If I can make them laugh at it, uh, that's pretty satisfying. Well, that's uh, that won't get you far in this business. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You better get in it for the money. <laughs>
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean that's uh, you know, there's no rhyme or reason why people make it. And, yeah. You know, it's 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 a lot kind of like pro wrestling actually, which is on my TV yeah. right now in muted uh, form. Uh, by the way, his dick pic is unbelievable. Uh, Seth Rollins. Is that him? Uh, that's right Seth there? Rollins right there. I saw his dick pic and it's it might rival mine. <laughs> Yeah, so, but does he walk around showing people at the Universal Bar and Grill? Did I do it there, too? Yeah. Yeah, you were like, hey, is this a good headshot? Well, I told you the David Spade <laughs> story. I don't know if you did. Well, I'm uh, up, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, at the comedy store anyway, just, uh, I'm what you call, I guess, a late night comic. But uh, right. I think Adam sometimes likes to uh, test me and go, okay, I know you can go on late night and do the 80s metal jokes and you know you're all women are cunts chunk but uh i want to i want to put you on first see what you can do you know right crowd's cold and you got to work for their approval and uh you know i i did it and it worked out all right and uh, i got to bring up argus hamilton who's like you talk about a legend in the la comedy scene oh yeah it, actually in, in comedy in general i mean uh, most Tonight Show appearances ever. Uh, I think he... It's crazy. To this day, holds the record for like most development deals ever had. Jesus, I, mean, I didn't know not that. Not that they keep records. No, but, I know what you mean. Uh, it's certainly just... Argus Hamilton's just an amazing icon. And uh, so I do my set, bring up Argus. Uh, Adam's in the hallway with David Spade and, and two ladies. And uh, Adam was like... Uh, Hey, uh, David, this is uh, Earl Skakel. You know, he was in Bench Warmers, too. So this is kind of like a Bench Warmers reunion. And uh, Earl, why don't you show David your new headshot? <laughs> and I was in such a good mood because the set went better than I thought that I'm, I'm like, okay. Uh, and David walks over and shakes my hand. And uh, I'm like, listen, Dave, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a struggling comic. You know, I'm, I'm not really an actor, but I'm trying to, you know, make some inroads in that. And I'm really dragging it out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just struggling, man, and uh, I know you work a lot, and you know a lot of people in this business, and I respect your opinion, and just literally giving him a five-minute build. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, I just took some headshots, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, I just, like I said, you know, I know you know A-list photographers, and, you know, if you don't like these pictures, maybe you could, I don't know, recommend them, <laughs> recommend me to them, or, you know, I, I just, I'm just oh, trying God. to make it, man, and... Uh, so I pull out my dick pic, which is really unbelievable. It is a <laughs> great fucking picture. It's just the lighting, the photography, oh, yeah. the angle. The dick. My abs look shredded. The dick. The dick. And uh, I show him my dick pic, and he literally grabs my phone out of my hand and goes, Jesus Christ, is that you? <laughs> like, no, I'm going to Photoshop <laughs> someone else's dick on my phone. I showed it to four black guys the other night at the store, and they looked at me and go, you're one of us. <laughs> so, But I know we got to get going to the comedy right. store. It's t 513. I know this started out talking about joke thievery and, and, and uh, comedy and, and uh, you know, shenanigan and schmoozing. Uh, Covered but, a lot. Well, you know, I don't, uh, and this is one of the complaints I get about this podcast is there's no format. Honestly, when you walked into the door, I, obviously, well, I, I knew we were going to lead off with the joke uh, thief stuff, but I, I I don't plan these podcasts because I you're, want it to be. You're like, like Bruce Lee. You're formless like yeah, water. It's like in the Enter of the Dragon when he gets on the boat the first time and that white Irish fighter is like, <laughs> yeah. he wanted to fight him. Right. He's being an alpha male. And he's like, what's your style? <laughs> and Bruce Lee's like, my style? 
You might say it's the art of fighting without fighting. And that's my comedy, the art of comedy without doing comedy. <laughs> and the, my podcast style is just to have friends over like Jay, who's one of my good friends. We met, I, in, I think, uh, well, I told this story in your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, you, you're, uh, Dean Del Rey was like my mentor in terms of, uh, you know, the equipment and, and, and his format, you know, uh, I g did a few episodes with him and, uh, you know, learned a lot from him. And, and when you came over, I was like, okay, this is doable. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to be with my friends and, and we want to be with you, Earl. Well, you know, I, I like how, what Rogan does. You know, yeah. he, he has his friends on. He has his famous friends, but he has friends, uh, you know, yeah. who you might not know. Uh, and I love that. And he talks about not just UFC things, which, yeah. you know, I, I... Dude, I've learned a shit ton of stuff about drugs and all that shit from listening to his stuff. I mean, you know, you would think that um, just listening, like you said, it's you would think it's all going to be UFCs, but it, th that thing, that podcast goes into so many different avenues you know it's so interesting the shit he covers well he goes into like skull and bones yeah dude uh, i fucking love it bohemian grove the illuminati uh that's great uh, you know martians and and uh you know it, it's tough for me because whenever i see him at the comedy store i want to talk about the ufc with him but then i'm like all right he probably doesn't want to do that when he's not working so it's uh you know I, i'm not the smartest guy in the world as you know jay i've never <laughs> Uh, portrayed myself to be uh, a scientist so i don't know if i would have a lot in common with joe talking about martians and moonbeams but uh you know you know I'd, I'd like to talk to him about who's testing positive i'm sure he'd tell you i uh, you know he probably would. he's yeah. so fucking honest he probably yeah. would i mean yeah. I, you know uh you know i'm trying to figure out you know who what phony wrestlers getting inducted into the hall of fame oh. next <laughs> I mean, I guess you would get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame if you're alive. Yeah. I mean, just is, based is, on your... Is Brett the Hitman hard in it? He or should is, be. Or is he banned? Cause well, I think since they killed his brother, uh, <laughs> yeah. that might be some awkward vibes between them. I know, uh, I think Macho Man's in this year, which is weird because it's always been rumored that the reason he wasn't in was that he uh, had some kind of a sexual interaction with Stephanie McMahon as a teenager. Oh, shit. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm excited because, and maybe this is a good way to, you know, kind of wrap it up because it's semi-topical, but uh, I'm excited because my favorite all-time wrestler, the great Steve Borden, known otherwise as Sting. Is, is that you? That's your all-time favorite? Uh, absolutely. Mine's Rowdy Roddy. Oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's great. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I guess Sting uh, is, uh, you know, he's never been in a WWE ring before. Well, he has now, but I mean, right. he was like the only guy to basically stick it to McMahon and say, "I don't listen. I'm a reborn Christian. I'm not into this fucking, you know, brawn panties matches and uh, Mark Henry having sex with Mae Young right. and a hand coming out, which was the greatest sketch ever. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, did you see that sketch? I think I was it May was the old lady. Yeah, and, and Mark Henry was sexual chocolate, and <laughs> they had it in the storyline that she conceived a baby through fucking this, you know, <laughs> six hundred pound yeah. just behemoth black dude. And so there had you know the, in the skit, you know May Young's got her legs spread <laughs> with with the the you know the 
pregnancy right. towel around her, and they got this guy who looks like a doctor who's probably a fucking plumber who's just a right. SAG-eligible actor. And, like, there's people gathering around the opening where her legs are spread, and the doctor goes, oh, my God! <laughs> and he reaches in there, and he pulls it out, and there's all this gunk on oh, his hand, God. like, in aliens. Right. And he pulls it out, and it's just a hand. <laughs> And, oh, uh, fuck. I mean, it was, you know, just greatness. But, you know, Sting probably saw that. Like, right. I'm not. No, I'm I'm good. So, you know, he's back and he's wrestling at WrestleMania with Triple H. So, uh, you know, Roddy Piper's awesome. Though. He's a paid regular at the yeah. comedy store. Uh, and uh, you know, he's a great guy. So this is the part, Jay, where we, uh, I guess you plug uh, your websites, Twitter, and, and please, for my listening audience, just spell out everything. All right. Uh, so Twitter. Everything is Big Irish, B-I-G-I-R-I-S-H-J-A-Y. Big Irish J. That's my Twitter. That's my website. That's Instagram, Facebook. Um, I got a podcast, the Hollings Worthless Podcast, uh, which is kind of like this. It's uh, which is also in the vein of like, you know what, dude? Podcast Robert Kelly's. It's you know, you talk about whatever you want to talk about, just friends. Um, and uh, I'll be in Kentucky end of this month at the Laughing Derby. Yeah, w- with headlining. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. And how how do now? And this is for like almost an educational. Uh, part for comics listening how did you get to headline that gig um i so the person that books um he books tacoma comedy club books a few other clubs laughing derby uh i think um morty's in indianapolis a few different one it's a few people that i think book it together but i've i've headlined the other clubs and uh they like me for whatever reason and so they booked me for a weekend there morty's comedy club in indianapolis i Featured there uh, in 06 for the great Robert Duchesne. And then I think the guy who booked me got fired for uh, embezzling money. So, Jesus. Uh, it's, it's crazy the people that, you know, we work with. And, yeah. And uh, the uh, just the, the freaks in this business. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it, L.A. comedy, comedy in general uh, is like literally the bar in Star Wars. It's just... <laughs> Every fucking unsavory character you can imagine wants to do stand-up comedy. And I think they see Last Comic Standing and go, oh, I, just two minutes of stand-up? Oh, God, dude. I'm in. I know. So uh, follow Irish J. He's uh, truly one of the nicest dudes in comedy. Not just L.A. comedy, but comedy in general. And I've met thousands. Appreciate uh, that, Earl. And uh, this guy, you're going to see big things from him. I mean, he's a really funny dude and... Uh, you know, listen to his podcast. I had the honor of being a guest on it, and it, it, it is a lot like this. He just has his friends on, and just interviewed Brian Moses, great dude, uh, yep. creator of the roast battle, along with uh, uh, several other people. I, I'm still not sure who created the show. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the show, yeah, and him I and Rel Battle, him and Rel Battle, and Jeffrey Ross. Uh, they will be at South by Southwest. Uh, me and Whitney Rice, who is my uh, partner in crime. Uh, during the roast battle, we will not be there, uh, not from any tension, but just from uh, just costing too much to get <laughs> there, uh, you know, and uh, we did the New York Comedy Festival, which was fun, and uh, uh, LA Riot Fest, which was fun, but, uh, you know, comedy doesn't pay uh, as well as you'd think. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a misconception there that 
these comedy festivals just pay us all and you know car services to and from the airport it's you gotta pretty much it's oh we'd love to book you guys we'll see you there (laughs) well you won't actually yeah so uh but if you're at south by southwest in austin texas in a couple weeks uh please check out roast battle it's uh, the hottest show in la stand-up uh year and a half sold out room every night every tuesday night in the belly room uh, around 11 celebrity judges Sarah Silverman, Bill Burr, Joe Rogan. Uh, last week was Artie Lang. Uh, he was awesome, dude. Uh, you know, uh, and people like that. So, uh, guys, once again, uh, PayPal, eSkakel at AOL.com. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The money's not going to go towards the podcast. It's going to go towards Daddy's uh, Kiss CD collection because uh, I need to get some new bootlegs. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to PayPal me any money. Uh, I'm so in the hole from doing this show that, uh, you know, I just, I love, here's my goal. I just want to lose more money in 2015 doing stand-up in the podcast. So I don't want any money. I'm, I'm doing a Kickstarter to give money to my listeners. So, uh, you know, you guys are great. The, the podcast can't go on without people listening to it. So we're stopping tonight. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. And, uh, you know, Irish Jay's a great man. Big Irish Jay. I don't know if there's an Irish Jay uh, out there, but there's only one big Irish Jay. There's Big Jay Okerson. Big Jay Okerson. But I'm who Big was, Irish uh, Jay. One of the roasters at uh, Roast Battle. He went against Ari Shafir. Who won? Um, you know, that's the beauty about roast battle is literally, I couldn't tell you <laughs> two minutes after the roast battles over. No one knows who won right. unless it was a really bad roast. Then people are like, well, that sucked. But, uh, <laughs> like I, I couldn't tell you who won last week. Gotcha. Um, I, you know, in New York was kind of a clusterfuck because it was like, a, I remember Bonnie McFarlane and uh, Mike Lawrence had a great one. Uh, and then uh, Bonnie lost that cause she talked about it on the. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. And me and Whitney are in a 600-person theater, sold out, probably 700 people in the theater, and we're on stage with a sign that says, Whites Only. <laughs> and people are like, we would do our lines, and usually we kill. And, right. Uh, I mean, and I never say I kill, but in the ballet room, me and Whitney, I would say kill 70% of the time, the other 30%. Well, we, we might bomb 5% of the right. time. The other 25 would do well. Uh, you could tell who were the racist in this <laughs> in New York because the same twelve people were laughing at every joke. <laughs> this one guy in the front row was in tears. I'm like, uh, well, I'll give you a pamphlet after. Um, so uh, check out Roast Battle. Brian Moses, great dude. Rel Battle, Jeff Ross, uh, Sarah Silverman's awesome when she's judging. Burr's great, and uh, you know me and Big Irish Jay are on our way to the comedy store, uh, which will mean nothing to you people because. Uh, well, we do the same thing every Monday night. So yeah. when this does air next Monday, you know, go up to the comedy store. If you're local, tell them you know Big Earl. It helps if uh, you go up there and or call the comedy store and say, when's Earl performing again? I'm just trying to get some fucking traction, people. <laughs> you know, I don't ask anything from you people other than to listen and to make Daddy famous because I've held oh, my it. head high. I've done everything for the kids. I've done everything for the charities. And the reception I get... When I put out this podcast, you fans can stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Earl, see, I'm doing Hulk Hogan's speech at Bastion at the Beach when he turned bad guy. I'm with you. That was like wrestling 9-11. I mean, <laughs> when Hogan dropped that second leg on Savage, it was 
no worse than the second plane hitting the tower on 9-11. <laughs> That's a good way to end the podcast. I'm sure we'll get some numbers in New York on that one. So, guys, you know where we're at, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a review. Please leave a review. It helps the more there are. It's my goal to get featured on iTunes at the end of the year, which would really help the numbers. That helps, right, Jay? Absolutely. Jay's texting his twats. He <laughs> probably met at the YooHoo room he featured in for, you know, fucking some jackal uh, Saturday night. Now I'm turning on my guest. <laughs> it's what they call a heel podcast. You're pretty accurate. So, uh, well, there you go. Welcome to L.A. Comedy. I mean, I was dating a girl this whole year. I had uh, all my friends uh, texting her in the middle of the night. So uh, check out my book collection. Uh, I mean, these people are animals in this business. So that's all right, though, because all you guys who are doing the texting, let me tell you something right now. I know who all of you are, and it's going to be a real head turner when I call you out one day, brother, because you know what? I got more money than all of you. I got a fully paid off car. I got a three quarter paid off condo in West Hollywood. You guys all love me and I don't like any of you. So you can take that cell phone. You can take those texts and you can stick it, brother.